Welcome on, thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres Action Podcast, the podcast focusing on everything back. Welcome on, thank you for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC Podcast, the podcast focusing all things pro soccer in the DMV and across the U.S. My name is Jose Omania, sports writer for the Sports Pulse. Joining me, as always, is our co-host, Mario Maya from the Tiempo Latino. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, man. After the experience that was the home opener at Audi Field, I'm glad to see fans back in the in attendance. And I can safely say that Hernan Losada is one of the most drippiest head coaches in MLS. Did you see that jacket? That jacket was very nice. It's probably already sold out in all of the team store and across all fanatics. I will say to all you fans out there, I missed you. Sorry, bastards. Oh. Like, eh. Oh, you yeah. know, because DC United was not tactful when you guys were gone. As soon as the game was over, they would they would even lower the volume ever so slowly for the fake crowd. They would just hit stop, so the crowd would go yeah, and that's it. Like you would, <laughs> the fake crowd just died randomly. So it was good to hear you guys explode. Four thousand five hundred fans, and we might as well just go into it right now. 4,500 fans in attendance, a COVID-free, we hope, atmosphere um, at Audi Field to witness the first result in the Hernan Lozada era. 2-1 was the final score in favor of DC United over New York City FC to start their season on the right foot. A goal scored, by, a United goal scored by Brendan Hines Ike, the debuting defender, uh, with a beautiful strike on the 39th minute. And then the 44th minute, his fourth goal all time in the black and red was Russell Knauss uh, getting a volley off a free kick. Uh, before we get into the audio and more particulars of the match, Mario, what are your thoughts overall on the occasion, the atmosphere, getting fans back, but also the game in general, the first game with Hernan Lozada as head coach? I'm going to second you on the whole fans thing. I really miss you guys. <laughs> I was so happy to hear the bar Brava cuss out the referee. It, it, it was beautiful. Uh, but no, it was an interesting showing. I think DC United has, is slowly but surely identifying with the playing style of Hernan Lozada. And I can safely say that the Lozada era started out with bangers and more of them, please, because both goals were just amazing. I, you can hear me from the uh, press from the press box yelling Ike after the first goal. But, yeah, I mean, you go ahead. But overall, it was a pretty solid performance, all things considering, and it was nice to get. Yeah, I think it was nice for the team to get a to get a win in Hernando Sada's uh, official uh, co- official uh, official game coaching debut. Yeah, I mean the way the game started with. DC started off really slow. New York got the first shot of the game in the second minute. Um, and they really went after United uh, really early on. I thought that, you know, no, you got to give credit where credit is due. I think New York did an excellent job at attacking DC. But I think once DC got a rhythm, um, and honestly, it was after the Valentin uh, Castellanos goal where. They just started bossing the game around. We heard so much about this aggressive, high-possessive, pressuring offensive style. 
after that goal, they didn't let up. Like you saw a black jersey around the ball every time, every time around the ball. And you know, I was talking to my father before we started recording, and it was like, you know, it reminded me of like when you were a kid and your parent would always say, "Go where the ball goes." And relentlessly, you try to just go and go and go until you touch yourself out. And essentially, that's what happened here. DC United, as soon as I go, they were relentless. They chased after the ball. When they got possession, they were quick on attack. One, two, would be touch. Um, and you, it kind of makes you upset that they didn't really get a goal that wasn't a bombazo. Um, like the two goals were. I'm not hating on them. As a matter of fact, I think... Shout out to Junior Moreno, you know, holding off his defender to give Heinz, then passing the ball to Heinz, giving it the right amount of speed so he could just one-time it past Sean Johnson. Um, it would just be good to get those connecting passes in the middle, like Losada said. And he's admitted that his team is two weeks behind a schedule, but he was also impressed on, you know, and we'll get to his comments in a second, but I think overall... I, I love the first half. I think a lot of the talk in the the press box as well as in the post game was wow, <laughs> that's the most exciting forty five minutes I've seen in Audi Field since probably the first season, and that's saying something. When we, like if people are thinking back to the Wayne Rooney era when they're still were a conservative team, they just happen to have a super two suit guys in form playing. Balls to the wall. This time you have eleven guys playing balls to the wall. That that's exciting to watch. I agree. I mean, just the way after the first goal, uh, after the first goal landed, you could tell there was a shift in momentum. There was no letting up, and you could tell even from the touchline, you could tell the energy and just the frenetic pace that Hernan Losada was transmitting to his team. They 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 got that and they felt that and I, I think it was amazing just to see them pretty much tack on the pace. But with that being said, yeah, maybe there's still some things lacking when it comes to goal scoring creation. But midfield, but in the midfield, I, I think that's where the I think that's where the everything is going to again in the midfield. Everything runs through in soccer in the midfield, of course. But you can tell that. Not only you're gonna have like this, like like this possessive, this possessive game to them, they're also gonna be in your face. And one of the players that was, I think, secretly doesn't get enough credit, and he played pretty well, was Edison Flores. He was able to control the tempo of the game in the midfield, and then also just just from the just from the goals perspective. Honestly, shout out to Julian Gressel for finding Russell Canals, who had a pretty uh, a substantial amount of time just to 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 think how he was going to shoot that ball, and he hit it perfectly to go past Sean Johnson. So, all in all, it was a pretty good team performance. Yeah, let's get Hernan Losada's thoughts on the team performance, and we'll definitely talk a little bit more on the um, you know your thoughts on who star performers are and my thoughts on it. But first, let's uh, hear from Hernan and his thoughts on the result in his first match as coach of DC United. Big emotions. You know, uh, I'm coming new to a new league, to, to a new club, to a new culture uh, with tons of energy. And when I see my team playing, it's, it's really a pleasure and I'm very proud. I'm proud because 
they they run until the very last second they they went to every duel like it was the last one and that's the only way for this united that's the only way when you work and you work for each other and you work hard and after seven weeks the way the way they work and i think it's it's beautiful to see a, a reward um, to this group uh to the whole group when i'm talking about the group it's not only the 11 who came in and started the game is is all the players the injury players are working hard to come back is medical staff is the technical staff uh, media team and and so many faces behind the team that sometimes uh you guys don't see but they they help us a lot to to play these kind of games so i'm very proud and happy to to give the win also to our fan base who came back after such a long period it was beautiful to play with public once again so a night full of emotions and and uh, hard to analyze the game actually uh, because my adrenaline is a little bit too high right now but uh, very happy for for the boys that is our name after those comments he was asked again to see if he could give some kind of press conference commentary and he was once again non-equivocal he needs to watch the match two times over and to be honest i appreciate it <laughs> if he wants to be clear and concise he looks like a guy that needs to analyze it like three times so i'm not upset about it um you mentioned edison flores and his performance i think it was better to see him like you said seeing him give out a more it was not even it was interesting because it was a more of a defensive approach performance when he was kind of listed as a 10 so it's good to see that he was more active and more involved Obviously, he's been brought in to be more of that attacker. So I am a little concerned that if he doesn't start being more of a focal point offensively, that he may be pushed to the side once we get more bodies healthy. And that's the other concern. United has a lot of injuries. But if what Hernan is saying that once everybody gets back together, we're going to be lethal and we're going to be strong imagine when you get a pariola healthy imagine once you get our you know we get roberta a couple more minutes than the what was i believe eight minutes he played the eight to 12 minutes he played you know and, and, and i'm i'm curious on how the team will look and donovan pines was a late scratch too he'd been apparently carrying a knock the week leading up to the match so i'm i'm curious and wondering who would be off of this starting lineup because everybody had such a strong to good performance. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that you have a good thing to worry about for once because everybody had such a strong performance. And who do you replace with all the players that are coming back for, from injuries? I mean, Antonio Alfaro played made his debut as well for DC United, and he was inserted in a starting lineup, and he had a serviceable performance. But what but logic would say that I think Donovan Pines would definitely get his starting role back. Not saying that, that that's a guarantee. Everything is subject to change because this is soccer. Everything is pretty moves pretty fluidly. So I think on a game-to-game basis, it, it would you would have to wait and see what Hernan Losada would be uh would be thinking and what and how he would start his starting lineup but other than that i think uh the few minutes that we got to see nigel roberta he 
he was pretty so he was a pretty solid presence. Granted, he didn't have a lot of time to do much. Adrian Perez, Adrian Perez that came in in the second half as well, did pretty did pretty solid work out in the wing. He was able to fight for balls and pretty much try to out, outpace defenders. And then we gotta say we gotta go to the uh, feel good moment of the of the of the match, the return of one Andy Nahar in DC United colors. Yeah, I mean he made his first appearance with the club since he played in 2012. Um, much taller gentleman with tattoos now. Um, a wiser gentleman um, compared to the kid that was here back as an academy kid. We got to start with DC. Uh, it was good to see Andy get a couple minutes in. And honestly, though, that's the chatter from the second half because, you know, Hernan had said in the press conference leading up to the game that he his primary concern is fitness, and he felt that their fit that the team's fitness wasn't at the the the, the level he wanted to be. That they they are sixty minute seventy minute team, and he was kind of right. Once that seventy minute happened. You could see that the team had reached its peak, and you saw knees, legs wearing down. You saw New York starting to get more attack, and so that there's going to need to be, especially when you're going up to New England, and that's the game this coming weekend. You're going up to New England, you're going to play on. You're going to have to maybe mix and match. You're not going to probably play the same starting eleven. Uh, if Pines is healthy, I expect him to get start. Um, I'm curious as to if Robetha gets a gets a um, playing time. You know, uh, Sorga played admirably. I feel like he he left a lot to be desired in terms of his his attack and what he bought to the wings. He played a little bit more of a hold up play. Um, he didn't really add much, so I'm curious if that change will happen. And how far along is Bill Hamid in terms of his health? You know, I was speaking to someone prior to the match close to the club, and he had thought the Bill was almost there in terms of health. Uh, Bill picked up a calf strain injury uh, during preseason, but he was uh, he was a DMP um, for this match, so I wonder where he is in terms of his health. So um, things to keep an eye on heading into the next match most definitely, and the team's fitness. You know, that's they, – yeah, they've been playing a whole preseason to this style, but I wonder – Who's coming out of that game? You know, you mentioned Tony uh, Alfaro. He ended up with a cramp towards the end of the game. That's why Andy got in. And if you ask me, based on talking to the coach in the post-match, he seemed a little perturbed that he had that cramp and needed to be subbed off. At least that's what, how his tone came off. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's, that's worrying, especially if you have to come off because of a cramp. Again, I don't, I don't knock Tony Alfaro for that. It, it happens, but yeah, you also gotta... it was his like he just got traded Friday, game landed Friday, and <laughs> plays in a game on Saturday. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah, no, no, I think that I think just the fit, the the fit, the, phys, the uh, fitness wasn't all the way there, but he played for the he played for the majority of the match. He played for eighty something solid minutes prior to getting subbed off. So I think, yeah, I think that's one of the things they need to work on mostly is just the fitness levels. And, and, and I mean, Arnaldo Sada had touched on it prior to the start of the season. So 
all in all, I think it's slowly starting to get there. He said it prior to the start of the season. Rome wasn't built in a day. We've said that before. And so, but just seeing the first, just the first official glimpses of what the team's looking like, it, it gives you hope. And, and again, this has been some of the most exciting soccer I've seen played from DC United in some time. Exactly. Uh, before we move on, uh, let's hear from the man of the match himself, uh, Brendan Heinz Ike on his golasso, the rocket shot heard around MLS. I mean, I think in that moment, you have only kind of two options. Either I can play it wide uh, and keep the, the possession moving, or I can try it for myself. And I felt like it was in the right moment, in the right angle, that the ball set up perfect for, perfect for me on my right foot. Um, and yeah, I thought just keep my head down, have the correct technique, you know, the basics of, of football. And and yeah, it uh, it went where I was hoping it would go. So it was a, a good moment. And uh, I just want to take also the time to dedicate the, the goal to my to my wife and to my baby uh, on the way. And um, yeah, it was a nice moment for sure. So there goes your man in the match, uh, Brendan Hines Ike with the goal. Um, United wins two to one. As we said earlier, they're heading up to New England, and we'll keep an eye on that match that's happening next Saturday. Uh, just some other news and notes from DC United, as we discussed. Fans were allowed back into the venue for the first time in over a year, and for those fans who weren't able to attend the match, they were in luck. A new TV deal was announced. We mentioned it in the last podcast that DC United made it official this week entering in a new deal with NBC Sports and Tele Exitos, a uh, multi-network deal. Mario, what were your thoughts on the fact that they announced this the week of the first game of the season and the fact that for the first time ever, we're getting Spanish commentary and we're still in with a TV broadcast as well as we still get the DCUnited.com uh, games for free as long as you put in your the right geotag or you have the right zip code uh i was like all right cool i didn't expect the uh the the extra uh, bonus of we also are going to give you games in spanish this season so that that's pretty exciting because you get to reach a whole you get to reach a whole new demographic of fans and trying to trying to appeal more to the uh, latino community all together, so I think that's pretty exciting, and it's uh, yeah, it's about time that they had a TV deal uh, set up. Uh, we we were, I mean, we we talked about it last week because it was first reported by Goff, but then when 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 this started to catch fire on Monday, when they announced it on Monday, it was like wow, they they really went all out to get the best tv deal possible and well can't say that i am not um that i'm not in that i'm not amazed how they got it done but all in all they uh not only get they not only get a partnership with nbc sports washington and teleexitos but you get to uh, get to uh, promote yourself even more to a new demographic with the teleexitos uh the with the Teleexitos broadcasting uh, partnership in particular. Yeah, so for those who don't have, know about Teleexitos, it's like the secondary channel to Telemundo. Uh, and you, everybody gets it if you if you don't have uh, cable. It's 
to believe like 20.3 or something like that. You can look it up. Uh, they have all the information on the website. But um, in terms of the broadcasting teams, you know, Dave Johnson will still be your English uh, speaking voice. And NBC Sports Washington, returning to NBC Sports Washington is just fascinating because originally that's why they left NBC Sports Washington was to become a primary they were seeing what was going on in Orlando. They were seeing what was going on in places, including in new places like Nashville, getting these TV deals where they're the primary sport. They'll have a pregame and a postgame. They wanted to be primary sport. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, I think what ultimately probably caused this decision to happen um, was reach and and an ease for the fans. And one of the things that was a common complaint with Flow Sport, with Sinclair, was the ease of a broadcast, like the ease of finding it. You know, if you got Sinclair, you know, if you live within the district, you, you know, within the metropolitan region, you had NBC, you had a News Channel 8 or 7 on your side extra or whatever it's called. Pretty easy. Channel 8, boom, you click it. But it was only accessible for cable. If you were outside of that, you had to fish out some random channel that would do it for you. You know, it'd be like your random NBC affiliate uh, Baltimore Channel 44, or you know, your random CBS affiliate on Sunday or Richmond. It just became too impossible. So I thought that. This was smart. Just keep it simple, stupid. Sometimes it is easy. Just keep it simple, stupid. Uh, the play with Telemundo, I don't know if it was Danita Johnston. She was commented in the press release about it. I do know uh, from sources that NBC is trying to make it. They're trying to merge everybody together from NBC Sports Washington, Telemundo, Teleexitos, and NBC Washington. Put them all together to make one super giant local conglomerate and make it really cool and exciting for everybody in D.C. who watches their stuff. So if they're going to try and put everything together, then no, then D.C. United should be smart. If we're going to talk about being easy, accessible, this is it. NBC4, you get Telemundo. And if your ratings are strong enough, I wouldn't be surprised if we see matches on NBC Sports. You know, NBC uh, Sports Washington more often right now. They're on the plus for the first two games of the season because of uh, Caps and Nats. I mean, Caps and Wizards. But once their seasons are done, like, DC should be the primary focus all the way through the summer. And Teleexitos, if it does well at Teleexitos, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple matches on Telemundo, to be honest with you. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, it's got. Uh... It's something interesting that they're that they're working on, and so all all in all, I'm all for it. Especially considering, yeah, you wanted to be a primary, but yeah, this is uh, yeah, like you said, keep it simple, stupid. And also, I, it it sniffs of the nerd running back to the hot girl, but the hot girl's dated around. You know, she realizes the nerd was always the one. And so, in this case, so, so in other terms, it would be like Jenny and Forrest Gump if we're if we're gonna make it. <laughs> yes, yes, Forrest, 
Forrest was always the best play. In this case, NBC Sports Washington was always the best play for DC United. It thought it was a hot chick going around, and then it realized, yeah, not so much. <laughs> Nobody wanted to take that on. Moises Lenardes, uh, we didn't mention this earlier, but Moises Lenardes is the play-by-play man. He does not have a color, and I've been I've been hearing some commentary about his call uh, on radio when he did games on radio of DC United. He had a color guy. Um, I don't remember who it was exactly. Um, but he did have someone to play off of. I do think that that's going to be troublesome. Um, maybe DC and I can give a call to someone local, you know, Luciano Emilio still around here. He, he, he probably could provide good commentary. I've never heard him do commentary, but that would be something. Maybe hit up Radio America, see if any of their broadcast partners and the Mesorado de Football may want to do some color. Heck, I, I think that there's just there's a hole there, and, and he can only do so much as a single guy. I think he's going to need at some point someone to play off of. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's always important when it comes to to broadcasting games live. You need someone to play off of. Uh, yeah, it's fine and all to do it by yourself, but eventually you're going to be winded, and you need someone to ba- to talk to or have someone to play off of during a commentary so yeah hey if all else fails me and you can do it no (laughs) technically spanish is my second language (laughs) no (laughs) i'm not asking for that job uh that's a tough job well he says he's well equipped to do it um if uh, if he needs a color man i'll try and play off of him but i being the main play-by-play no can't do it right you can do it. So, yeah, I'll definitely do the color commentary with Moises Linares. I definitely don't have a problem with that. I feel like my Spanish is somewhat strong. <laughs> While you think about it a little further, we'll move on to what was the game to start off this wonderful weekend of soccer that we had, and that it was the Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit uh, had their second match in the uh, Challenge Cup. They get a late winner. Uh, from Ashley Sanchez to defeat uh, Rice. Do I say racing or racing? Were you able to figure that out while you were there? Oh, uh, so I just heard people call him racing. So I, racing I, Louisville. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you. I take the Spanish approach to it. I'm just going to call him racing Louisville. Yeah, so the Spirit beat racing Louisville one nothing to get their first points of the Challenge Cup. Uh Ashley Sanchez uh, appearing once again to get the goal for the game winner, thanks to a pass from starting with uh, Tori Huster beating several defenders before finding a lob to Trinity Rodman, who, again, at 19 years old, is playing beyond her years, was able to make a great uh, uh, center pass to Sanchez, who was all alone, the softest of touches to get the ball past the goalkeeper into the net. Um... Mario, you were at Audi Field to see this one live. First off, how did it feel dealing with the win? And secondly, what were your thoughts on the Spirit's result at getting this victory? The wind was nasty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wind was nasty, uh, but then again, comes with the territory. Uh, I think the Spirit played well. In particular, they played well in the second half. And I'm just going to go out and say it. Trinity Rodman is a baller. Baller with a capital E-R. 
Yeah, I, I was impressed with the, the understatement of the century. I think she played amazing um, from the moments that I watched. I watched the majority of the second half, mainly. I thought she was very well, very composed. Her com- combination play with, with Ashley Sanchez was great. And we'll get to that in a second and what Ashley thinks. But I just think that, man, she... She is beyond her years. It reminds me a bit of Mallory Pugh when she first started with Spirit and how, like, but unlike Mallory, you know, Richie is allowing Trinity to do as much as she can. In this case, she played 90 minutes. She played very well. Like, overall, I I was surprised to see how well she played and handled um going as long as she did. Um, I'm interested to know if Richie is going to plan to keep her out on as a, as you know, a full starter, you know, she is so young, but also once the U S women's national team players come back, um, it will, shouldn't affect her. Their positions are striker, but with hatch there with Sanchez there, you don't want to just keep giving her minutes. If she tires out though, if you get Right, I think you. I think that's a catch twenty two. You gotta give, you gotta manage manage her time. You can't be playing her ninety minutes all the time. So, I think he'll be cautious when it comes to just managing her overall workload. But other than that, like, I heard nothing but good things about Trinity Rodman, uh, especially in in the post game pre- press conference. Uh, I'm. I believe she is going to be one of those big, uh, big stars going into the future. And she nutmegged two people in this game. One of those nutmegs was in midfield. It was amazing. It was <laughs> filthy. I'm here for it. <laughs> Someone else is also here for it is Ashley Sanchez. Let's hear her thoughts about her teammate, uh, Trimmy Robin. It's awesome. I mean. We create a lot of chances with each other, and I think we're working really well together. And I think it's just going to continue grow the more we uh, games we get in, and more we're playing with each other. So I think it's awesome. She's obviously really athletic and really good on the ball, and and um, yeah, she's definitely a, a great addition to the team. Ashley Sanchez talking about her new teammate, her new teammate, the person who's going to keep a little more off her load. She was develop- Ashley Sanchez was developing a nice duo relationship with Rose Laval before Rose obviously got left the team mid-season last year due to COVID and also to get to go to England. So I'm actually impressed that Ashley's been able to build that relationship already with Trinity as well as Ashley Hatch who at the end of the game came down with a slight knock. Uh, Richie Burke said at the post-game press conference that he doesn't expect it to be something uh, that lasts too long in terms of recovery. So we may see Trinity get some more minutes as we uh, for the next match in the Challenge Cup. But it's good to see that the offense is working. Uh, Mario, you know, you kind of referenced this in your game story. One of the reasons the second half was so much better for the Spirit was the change in in formation, change in midfield. Uh, you know, what were your thoughts on? what Richie did in basically going from the the three, you know, trying out, they've been playing this new formation, but going back to their trying to 4-3-3 that they've played for so long for the past season and a half. Uh, I think it worked out because in the first half, 
they're creating opportunities, but they didn't seem too comfortable in that formation. There's little miscommunication cues here and there. And so they weren't allowed to play as freely as they wanted to. Once the second half started and they switched the formation, you saw them play a lot more freely, a lot more loosely. And especially with Sanchez, Hatch, and Rodman leading the attack, they were able to create opportunities and just give Louisville just problem and problem after problem on the attacking third. They were able to create better opportunities and more opportunities. I'm surprised that the Spirit didn't score more goals in that second half because they, they controlled the tempo going in once they switched to formation. So they felt they looked a lot more comfortable on, on the field. They looked a lot more comfortable on the ball. And they were able to just pretty much set the tempo and control the pace of the game in the second half. Yeah, so they, they've been working on this 3-4-3 this whole offseason with the you know, with the recent acquisitions that they got from the U.S. Women's National Team with Kelly O'Hara. Um, you know, the, they have several new players that they got from international. And they just wanted to play a different style because now that they've played this 4-3-3 formation to fill in these new additions, they need to play more, uh, more dynamic plays on the wings. But you have to then let off a defender. Uh, and so going back to that 4-3-3, they could play that wing play but have that secure two in the back. And so instead of just a three-man back line that can be too spread out and allow a defense, if not careful, to I mean an offense to catch them wide, in order to counter that, they added that extra defense. They, they had that they got that wing play in that 4-3-3. But they were able to still connect with Houston and Rodman. And, and you just felt like you were watching the same thing over and over again. The defense would stop racing and go on a counter. And it'd be Houston, who, play, again, she is playing really, really well. She doesn't get a lot of credit for, or, you know, she's seen in the background a bit. Um, but I think she played very well in this match. Obviously, had the the pass of the game um, to set up Robin, who then gave that pass to Sanchez for the game winner. But she played really well. I, I wonder. We're, obviously, Richie's going to want to keep her in her plans. I mean, keep it in his plans once you know Emily Sonnet returns, Andy Sullivan returns, Kelly O'Hara returns. But I am curious where she's going to fit. She's going to be that holding. Is she going to play together with Andy and shift and be a box-to-box? Or is she going to play more up front while O'Hara gets to stick on the wings and Sonic plays more of that center-back defensive mid-roll? So I'm, I'm curious as to where she fits into all of this heading into the uh, matches in the future. Right, and I mean, she was kind of the glue that held it together in the midfield for the Spirit in, throughout the second half and through most of the game. So it should be interesting how she's going to come, how she's going to fit into into the role, or just how she's going to fit into Richie Burke's uh, game plan going forward. Once you get Emily Sonnet and Kelly O'Hara back, or O'Hara, I mean, but it should be interesting. I think the spirit, uh, in general, I think they, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll 
they'll definitely have they definitely will have something in the backburn with with Houston and then just pretty much having Rodman as your uh, as your ace under your sleeve kind of helps. Yep, and this so they'll be playing Orlando at Orlando this Wednesday at seven o'clock. And then after that, they will be back at Audi, this time with fans. Um, they'll be playing against Gotham FC. That is the New York and New Jersey, what used to be Sky Blue FC. They're now Gotham FC. And it will be the first time that the Spear will have fans in more than a year, close to two. Um, and at Audi Field. The reason why they're playing at Audi Field, simple. Uh, conditions... The space over at Sagra needs to be more renovated. Needs to be they ready. Need plumbing. That's what happens. <laughs> they need plumbing at Sagra. <laughs> well, also, and you know, since we're here, Richie talks about it. I think overall, the goal for the Spirit themselves is to play more matches at Audi Field. They or make Sagra this new soccer for fortress for themselves. I think the players relish playing at Audi Field because it's with fans more than anything because it's a nice, cool, professional environment. They get actual locker rooms, yes. But also, you're playing on a professional field where Real Madrid trained. DC United plays on the daily. Brazil used as a warm-up site for their matches. You know, the U.S. men's and women's teams have played there. So, you know, it's... Well, women haven't played there, but they were scheduled to play there. Um, so, it's a venue that already carries cachet in the soccer world and for Richie and his his players they want to be a part of that world so here was Richie's comments on playing at Audi Field we feel like we belong we feel like a sense of of top professional venue like this serves us well because you know we're a top professional team we have world-class players we have eight internationals and players who've had international experience in our football team so to play in a venue like this is befitting of, of their, their quality and their caliber. Um, so every time we come in here, every time we play in this place, we it's special to us. Um, I think I heard Tori talking about, we want to make this our, our home and, a, and a, a real fortress when teams come here. So getting a win tonight was great. Um, so yes, Dave, we love it. We, we enjoy, really enjoy being here. Um, I have a, a really, really good relationship with, uh, with DC United coaching staff, both of the guys, sent me messages and, and they've sent me some tonight already with Vamos and, you know, two great guys. So it's been, it's been really enjoyable and, and we love coming here. The players love coming here. Our organization loves being here and, and while we can continue to foster this relationship, I think uh, this will be a great place for us to play. And so that was Richie Burke answering or uh, Washington Post, Stephen Goff's question on playing at Audi Field. You know, Mario, you were there. You've been there with DC United. You've been there with the Spirit. Do the Spirit belong in Audi Field or what? <laughs> uh, the answer to that question is yes. Yes, they do belong at Audi Field. They they played. They seem really comfortable there. Uh, they played pretty comfortable there, especially in the second half. And, and why not? I mean, they played two previous games the year before, before last year. And they were able to sell out. They were able to play a near sellout. So, yeah, they belong. They belong at Audi Field. And yeah, I think I think that's what what it comes down to. If they if they want if you if they want to play more games at Audi Field, I would not be opposed to it whatsoever. Yeah. It also helps just build 
just build the team brand in general if you get to play in, in a place like Audi Field. You know, I remember when the plans first came out with Audi Field, the plan was always see if they can get the spirit to come do matches there. They were playing originally back in the Maryland Soccerplex. And it's just it's just great to see that see both teams excel. I've always wanted Spirit to play, mainly because of travel reasons and to cover them. It would be closer. And here I am. You're the one covering Spirit for the Sports <laughs> Pulse, but I digress. Um, you know, it, it, I, they belong. They more than belong. If anything, they, they, they are, if not more competitive than some of the, the pro teams in our area in terms of their success, especially in recent years. So, yeah, I would love to keep them playing. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. The fans are always energized and energetic for the full 90 minutes. Uh, when they were, when they were outside in the parking lot in Segra or filling up all of the Maryland soccer plaques or filling up all of Audi. So it's, I bet it's going to be a great, great atmosphere when they play Gotham in a week and a half from now. Right. Uh, the one million, the million dollar question I have is what fan is going to come in there dressed like Batman for the occasion? I hope none, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably too early to tell. Um, knowing soccer fans, there will be one. There will be one who thinks this is a great idea, and I will shake my head and say, this was a terrible idea, and I hope it's not under windy conditions like it was for all of you on Thursday. Um, but they first have to, before they can come back and celebrate with fans, they have to go ahead and beat Orlando, and that will be enough for us today at the Bad, Bad Hombres FC podcast. Mario, before we let everybody go, tell all the beautiful fans where they can find you. All right. If you want to find out what I'm actually doing with my life or just want to see what articles I've got written up, you can follow me on Twitter at MarioMaya1. You want to see what El Tiempo Latino is doing right now at this moment in time with the articles and everything in between? Man, you can follow them too on Twitter at El Tiempo Latino. You want to find their articles? You can find them on their website, ElTiempoLatino.com. And if you want to put more money in my pocket and just want to read a physical newspaper, you can just go to your local metro station. Most definitely. And again, of course, if you want to keep following our content here on the Sports Pulse, you can always go to the sportspulse.com. You can always follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mania for more. Special shout out as always to Kevin McLeod and Impotech for the music in the intro and the outro. Remember, rate and subscribe as always on Anchor, Spotify, and all your audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast. And we will talk to you soon. Adios. Adios.